0: I absolutely love summertime. And I know the summer looks a little bit different than anything any of us have experienced before. But, but a couple of weeks ago, I was reminded why I love summer so much. Haley and I, we were uh, celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary and trying to figure out what we could do during a time like this to celebrate. And so we decided to head to the beach for a picnic because there's nothing quite as romantic as sandcastles and sandy fish tacos with your kids. And so it was at about 6.30 or 7 o'clock, kind of that that golden hour that's not really sunset, but heading towards sunset, where there was just this kind of calmness in the air. Our, Our kids, they were laughing, they were running back and forth to the water and playing with one another. And so we actually had a time for the two of us to sit down and talk. Everything slowed down. It was almost quiet and still. Now, of course, it it didn't last all that long. One kid was cold and needed a towel. Another one needed someone to go into the water with them. And the third finally decided it was time to eat dinner, even though the rest of us had already eaten. But for a few minutes, the, the world just kind of slowed down. And it reminded me how important it is to seek out those slower moments, to create space for those slower moments. So this summer, as as a church, we we are exploring what it looks like to grow spiritually in the middle of a messy and busy world through the practice of spiritual disciplines, or or really through creating healthy spiritual habits. Now this morning and into this week, I'm going to encourage us to to explore the discipline of, of meditation and silence. Now, when we hear the word meditation in today's world, we attach all kinds of different meanings. Now, most of those meanings have to do with connecting to our innermost self or or kind of escaping from the realities around the world. And because of the, the mysticism that's connected to the word, a lot of Christians feel uneasy when they hear the word meditate. But, but we don't need to necessarily feel uncomfortable with it. When Joshua takes over as the leader of the Israelites after Moses dies, God tells him to be strong and to, and courageous and to meditate on God's law day and night. And, and the Psalms, they are full of places where meditation is encouraged. And, and Jesus constantly spent time himself away from his friends away from the crowds, uh, up in the mountains, listening for his father's voice. Now, popular definitions of of meditation tend to focus on kind of detaching from everything that's around us, detaching from the world, just getting away. And and that sort of meditation that, that, that we practice today or that we talk about today, it's different from what scripture calls us to. That's what sort of meditation calls us to detach from everything. But scripture calls us to attach to God all the time and, and all that we do at every moment. It, it's the idea that God's presence uh, is it, always with us. Uh, we, we, we sing about it in the popular hymn, In the Garden. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I am his own. Most of us like the concept of God being close, but we're not always intentional with making space to be in God's presence. Now, the passage that, that we read earlier from 1 Kings tells the story of Elijah hearing God's voice. And, and though we might not and probably don't hear God in the exact same with the way that Elijah did, the encounter that Elijah has, it reminds us that God often speaks in a whisper and in times of silence. So First and Second Kings, this part of the Bible, it tells about a time in Israel's history that was very, very difficult. The people, they're constantly breaking their covenant commitments with God and there's growing political unrest and there's just kind of constant uneasiness throughout, throughout all the people. And when we get to 1 Kings 19, Judah and Israel, the different tribes, they're they're battling against one another. Now, idolatry and greed, they're, they're tearing apart the people. And by the time we get to 1 Kings chapter 17, there's a king named Ahab who's at odds with Elijah. King Ahab, he refers to Elijah as this troubler of Israel. And Elijah, he, he, he goes back and forth with Ahab and he, he calls him out and, and he pretty much says, look, the drought that our people are experiencing right now, it's come because of generations and generations of failed leadership and failed idolatry. There's a big standoff between Elijah and the priests of the most popular idol, Baal, and it all comes to a climax when Elijah asks God to bring down fire on an altar. Elijah has the priest of Baal killed, and then when he hears that there's a group of bounty hunters that are are coming after him, he flees. He travels for 40 days in the wilderness, thinking about his own life, what what he should do next, and and eventually he he finds a mountain. He crawls into a cave in the mountainside, right on the, the southern border of Judah, and in that cave he falls asleep. Now we read that while he's there, the Lord comes to him and says, What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And Elijah essentially throws his hands up in the air and and just kind of lets it all out. I've done everything that you've asked. I've done all that you've asked. And the world around me is just going insane and I'm tired of it all. How often do we find ourselves with they, those same sort of feelings, how often do we find ourselves in those those places where we're just frustrated about injustice, about the state of the world, uh, whatever it might be? I, I know that I've been there at least a few times over the last few weeks and months, where I just want to throw my hands in the air and say, "Ah!" And as Elijah's in that place, the Lord says, "Go out and stand on the side of the mountain and wait for the presence of the Lord to pass you by." there's a mighty wind and there's a a great earthquake but Elijah doesn't hear God or doesn't find God in those places then there's this fire and still nothing God shows up in the gentle whisper or as the King James Version puts it in the still small voice. Elijah finally hears God's voice when he, he, he slows down And his quiet, he had been running around like a madman, wondering what he should do next, wondering how he could solve the problems of his day. And what he needed to do was to slow down, to stop, to listen, to meditate and reconnect with the God who called him and with the God who gave him a purpose. So this week, I'm going to nudge each of us to set, a, set aside a, a few minutes every day to do the same thing, to listen for that still, small voice. We're going to talk about what that means in, in just a, a few minutes for, for each of us. But as Elijah connects with God in the silence on the, the side of that mountain, he, he shares his concerns. He pours out his heart's to God. He says, God, all of this is going on. What do I do? And then he listens. Now, I don't know about y'all, but usually when I'm praying through something important, I spend a lot of time talking and pouring out all that I'm feeling. Maybe I even spend time looking for the fire or the wind, some sort of answer. And sometimes in the middle of pouring out my heart and yelling at God or or looking for the big thing, I miss that gentle voice. Now, the Apostle Paul calls sitting and listening for the gentle voice. He he calls it praying without ceasing. And in the celebration of discipline, Richard Foster, he, he refers to it as a perpetual presence of the Lord, that we seek perpetual presence of the Lord. So this week, I want to challenge us to set aside some time to just listen, to sit in God's presence. And I'm going to give us kind of four quick steps on how we can practice this this discipline to begin to build it as a habit in our lives. Some of you might be familiar with the Benedictine practice of Lectio Divina. And these steps, they come directly from it. The first step is, is to read. Find a scripture passage. Read through it a few different times. If you need a place to start, I'd recommend the Psalms, uh, maybe Psalm 40 or Psalm 46. Now, meditating on Scripture is different than studying Scripture. When we study Scripture, we, we focus on things like context. We focus on things like original meaning. When we meditate on Scripture, the goal is to internalize what we read. So, so we read through a passage and we, we look for one word or, or a phrase of a few words in the passage that stand out. And then we, we focus on that, that one thought, that one area. And then we reflect. So we, so we read and then we reflect. Now, now we ask ourselves the question of why, why do we think this word or phrase stands out? What, what does it, what is it about it that, that makes that word stand out to you at this moment of time? Be honest. Reflect. This is between you and God. And if you want to write down whatever you're reflecting, you respond to those reflections by praying, doing what Elijah does in the cave and just saying whatever comes to mind. Don't don't hold back. And then the most important part, which can also be the most uncomfortable for us, resting, listening. It's tempting to rush through that last step, but if we don't take time to sit in God's presence, we risk missing that that still soft voice. One of my favorite moments in in Matthew's Gospel comes right after Jesus explains that you have to know the Son to know the Father. It's one of those moments where I imagine the disciples were, were, were overwhelmed. It was just a lot to take in. They're just trying to figure out everything that that Jesus had just shared. And and, and they were were struggling. And, And then Jesus says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus's invitation comes in in the midst of uh, his disciples being overwhelmed in the midst of chaos. Both political and and religious leaders were at odds with one another. And most people were just trying to figure out how to make it from one day to the next. Really, it wasn't all that different from what we're experiencing ourselves today. And, And in the middle of that kind of overwhelming chaos, Jesus offers a deep rest, a deep rest. It's the same offer that he makes to us today. So so this week, as you set aside time to be silent, to listen, my hope is that you would experience that, that, that type of rest, that as we practice this discipline, we would hear that still, small voice. Amen.